Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Play this record as frequently as possible. Then, as it becomes easier for you, play the record once a day or as needed. Welcome to Arrowhead Addict. This is another edition of Wacky Wednesday. The intro song this week was Feels Good by Tony, 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 because Kadarius Tony is making us all feel good with his electric abilities on the football field. Sterling, what's going on, dude? I'm doing well, man. Uh, things are well. I Chiefs one seed in the AFC. Every team went all in. Chiefs in a retooling year say, not so fast. Man, can't complain about anything. Adam, how are you? I got a little something for you today. And for the audio only audience, I will tell you what this is. I'm wearing, they're not real Jaguar skin, but they are some uh, Jaguar print uh, Stan Smith Adidas shoes. I never wear them. My wife is like, why you're such a sneakerhead? Why do you even have these? And now I know the reason because we're smoking on that Jaguars pack during this show. They're our latest victim. And, you know, now, now I can say that I bought these shoes for a reason. So It makes sense. It's all, all coming full circle right now. It's just, you know, cosmic connectivity. I, I, I don't know. The tapestry of the universe is bringing it all back to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You know what else I love? KC Beer Company. The best beer you're going to have. Kansas City Beer Company basically uses only four ingredients on all of their beers. Some of their specialty ones, sure, you might get something else. But in the the Dunkel, the Lager, the Hefeweizen, four ingredients brewed with the German purity laws of 1516. If you live in the Kansas City area, go down to the brewery. The beer hall is so much fun. You'll have a great time. Uh, some of the best sausages you're going to have. Those brats are outstanding. The best German potato salad you're going to have. I love potato salad. Theirs is the best. But anytime you guys drink Casey Beer Company, you guys tag us on Twitter. That truly means a ton to us and to them. Please keep that up. That means the world. But Casey Beer Company, look for the red carton wherever you're at in Kansas or Missouri and dare to beer different. Let's jump right into the awards. We got a very um, special show today. We've got a segment that's going to take some time, so we need to rip through these. Um, Our first award is the So You're Telling Me There's a Chance Award. 
So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah! I remember this summer when nobody thought there was a chance that the Chiefs would contend for the number one seed. Maybe not nobody, but a lot of people thought that Buffalo was a foregone conclusion atop of the AFC mountain, correct? And now uh, that's no longer true. The Chiefs are atop the mountain halfway through the season. So this is going to be the first non-Chiefs award in the show's history. And it's going to go to the Vikings, who are sort of a good luck charm for the Chiefs, right? We won our first Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings. Then there was the longstanding training camp in River Falls where we used to scrimmage the Vikings. I actually was lucky enough to go to that one year back in the day. I think it was the first year of Arrowhead Addict in 2007, the, uh, the kind of um, Larry Johnson era, the Herm Edwards era. And that was a lot of fun. But man, wasn't that game awesome? It wouldn't have been awesome if the Bills won, but that was just... And me thinking Josh Allen was going to be out that game. So I put money early on in the week on the Bills' money line to win. Uh, I was sweating bullets. No one was more stoked for that touchdown Vikings than me. Because I go, even Wait a the second. Bills- you had the Vikings on. You said Bills' money line. You no, had the Vikings, Vikings money line. The Vikings gotcha, money gotcha. line. Yeah, yeah. I go, even a safety would screw me. I would still not feel comfortable. But Josh Allen... Again, eating that popcorn. Shouldn't have had it. Can't have that buttery popcorn. Gets in your hands. You're going to fumble the ball. I mean, what a game. What a finish. Uh, Justin Jefferson, by the way, holy shit, one of the best catches. He just took over a game. You don't see many wide receivers take over games. He took over that game. Uh, But the Bills, got to be at least a little concerning. Josh Allen was already banged up. This was against an NFC opponent. My thought process was, you let Josh Allen get right. The usage rate, Verderam talks about all the time, through the roof with Josh Allen. It, it seems almost unsustainable how much he's doing for that team. I thought with the elbow, you might want to give him at least a week to rest. Um, he didn't look or play poorly. Uh, he obviously had that late interception. That was a poor decision. But the arm strength was still there. He was still trying to bowl through guys. But as far as the Bills go and their future outlook looks, this has to be at least a little concerning, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think there's two issues with Josh Allen. The first is that, like you said, this Cam Newton-esque usage pattern. We saw what happened to Cam Newton. He got worn down real quick. He crested as an MVP, and just his peak was super, super short. So that's one worry. The second worry, and this is why this offseason, I thought the 1A, 1B Mahomes-Allen talk was a little premature, because we've seen Allen be as good as Mahomes in short snippets. But chaotic Josh Allen always comes back. He leads the league in uh, in interceptions. He's got a lot of turnover where he plays. And every once in a while, you know, you just kind of hit your head and like, what are you doing, Josh? Like, what did you even see there? How did you think that was a good throw? So that guy pops up every once in a while and rears his ugly head And that's why I think the Chiefs, along with, they're just kind of banged up as a team, right? They're banged up as a team. Nobody's really mentioning that they have a new offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling pretty good about the Chiefs now controlling our destiny 
and having sole possession of first place with a pretty favorable docket left, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, the Chiefs, they've got their hard part of the schedule out of the way now. Now it's any given Sunday. They still have to play the Bengals, uh, the Rams, uh, LOL, the Rams without Cooper Cup. That's a D3 school. I mean, come on. The Chiefs have Poor done Cooper Cup, man. I, I, I feel just, so I feel bad for, for him, man. Feel so bad for that guy. But the Chiefs have done way more than expected. I know I've been on record saying the Chiefs are going to struggle to open the season. So many tough games, so many youth uh, and new pieces, right? It's going to take time for them to gel. But the Chiefs have really gelled well so far, especially defensively. You're seeing. Trim McDuffie now back. You're seeing Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson get, get play early in the season, and now it's paying dividends. Uh, you're seeing what Willie Gay Jr., after missing four games paired with Nick Bolton, can do. You're seeing the addition of Leo Chanel. You're seeing Colin Saunders get snaps and produce. I mean, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan right now, 7-2, and two, I know they lost to the Colts. I understand this. If you would have said, if you would tell me you'd be seven and two through nine games, I would have said that seems crazy, no chance. That that seems a little far fetched. The Chiefs are doing that right now, and they're only going to get better. The defense has congealed more quickly this year than in years past, and that's really exciting to me. Anyway, this one's out to Minnesota fans. You're kind of kindred spirits with us Chiefs fans uh, because we both. Up until recently for us, both both suffered for long Super Bowl droughts. They've never won one. So here's to you, Vikings fans. They also have a drama. I'm, I'm all for iced out Kirk Cousins, by the way. Him, what Blame he's Blame. doing right now, so much fun to watch. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get into the next award, the rushing, not dragging award. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Uh-huh. Count again. <laughs> Dad, you've, Rick, you've seen that movie. Right now, man. Yeah, it's hurting me. 
<laughs> as a as a drummer, I know you've seen that. Movie. Oh yeah, great movie, great movie. This one, shout out to the defensive line rushing more than dragging right now. I mean, this defensive line, Adam, has been outstanding. Five sacks against the Jags. Uh, Frank Clark, say what you will, he's having a nice resurgence this year. No, he's not elite. He's above average, and that's frankly good enough. That's what the Chiefs need right now. They need guys. Uh, Mike Dana getting after it. Chris Jones being maybe the best interior defensive lineman even over Aaron Donald this season. Colin Saunders, that emergence has been has been fantastic to watch. I mean, you just have to be thrilled. And by the way, Carlos Dunlap, he's starting to come back a little bit, huh? Those old Love legs. somersault, right? Get, get, getting new life, huh? No, this defensive line, I, I think we're starting to see it finally start to come together. Yeah. So in their first six games, they had 14 sacks. In their last three games, they have 13 sacks. We know that sometimes the Chiefs do pretty well applying the pressure, but they don't always get home. So it's good to see them get home. Uh, Chris Jones, man, we're going to get to this later, but he has to be in the defensive player of the year conversation with the way he's just taking over games and elevating the the play of, I would say, not only this defensive line unit, the entire Chiefs defense with how disruptive he is. His uh, pass rush win rate, that's always a mouthful, is 18.7. And that beats even Aaron Donald. He's PFF's highest graded defender. So there are a number of ways to look at this. And, and Sterling, I did the first hot take kingdom. I did say... Top seven defender. I did. It seemed hey, like a hot I'm take in. then. But... Let, let me in. Let me in. <laughs> I think I had him like eight. I mean, he was just on the outside. But you know what? He's been he's been top three. Consistent, though. Consistency this year has been better than it was last season. Correct. Correct. Very much so. And, and some of that Spags. I see a comment from Jerome Bunkers. Spags scheming Chris Jones single coverage. Awesome. Yeah, it does feel like he's more consistent. I wonder if that has to do with Spagnolo having him take advantage of opportunities. He is playing some DN this year, if you guys have noticed, on certain situations because they know he can get a one-on-one at times. And I think it's really impactful. We're not complaining about him playing edge right now because it's successful. It was only a, an issue when he was there consistently and not performing. Yeah, there are a couple of other things I'm excited about. Mike Dan, he just plays his guts out, right? So I think he got a little bit more playing time with Frank out. And Frank Clark getting a two-week vacation, unpaid vacation, I believe. He might be a little more healthy down the stretch. He struggles at times. When we get healthy Frank, healthy, engaged Frank, he performs. But we don't get that guy very often. So I'm hoping this the silver lining of this break will be that he'll be better equipped to handle the deep playoff run. Yeah. And Karloftis, I think, is starting to, again, the sacks aren't there, right? L- little frustrating, but George Karswatis, well, he's still there. His name's not conducive to a SWAT joke. Like, J.J. Swat's just so easy. That's you know? right there. It's kind of yeah. on George K. But that, that's kind of on him. If you're going to be good at batting balls down, he has five this year. Have a, have a, a name more conducive to making puns. Come on. But – the sacks will come. The pressures are there. He's been consistent. And I think that's what you want. You want a guy who's consistent. He's not getting beat. We've seen the motor. He's a force in the run game. The sacks will come. I'm not worried about that. But George Carlotta, to me, looks and plays like a veteran already 
And that's impactful for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. What I would like to see, not only from this defensive line, but the entire Chiefs defense, they have to create some turnovers. If that's probably my biggest criticism to date is I think the Chiefs are bottom five in the league in, in uh, turnover differential. Can I get your thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a concerted effort from the defense and Spagnolo? why the turnovers are down in the turnover differential? I mean, obviously you don't want to be negative, but they're not trying to give up the big play. They're focused on having teams almost death by a thousand paper cuts. They're not going to give you the big play. How many big plays have been given up by Kansas City this year that's not named Mike Williams? Well, Devontae Adams, that game, he had sure. a couple. But yeah, outside couple. of that, you're right. They, they've been bend, don't break. I, yeah. think there's, I think there's something to this. I, I think there's an effort by the Chiefs defense as a whole to say, don't gamble. Don't gamble. Hold them to three because the offense is going to get seven. And I think that's been the, and that's why I'm not super worried about the turnover margin. Uh, it feels like the Chiefs cornerbacks, for example, they're more Chavarius Ward than they are Marcus Peters, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're, the safeties aren't, you know, Justin Reed isn't a gambler in the same way that the Honey Badger was. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're focused more on tackling, making the right play, the smart play, being in the right spot. And to me, that's what really matters. That's why I think we've seen this this Chiefs defense be so effective. They're not gambling. They, they know they're good enough. And again, I think the ability to tackle, Thornhill and Justin Reed have had a little bit of issues this year. But Joshua Williams, McDuffie for his size, uh, Jalen Watson, Legereus Nita, obviously, you don't have corners that can all tackle like that around the NFL. You know, we've seen firsthand here in Kansas City, some dudes are aren't, are all about getting in there. These guys are. I won't bring up a couple of punching bags that have since departed, but there's a noticeable difference in team speed on the Chiefs defense. Yeah. All, all over the unit. Let's get into the next award. The congratulations. You're hired award. Do you have a cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> does yeah. it have GPS? Yes, it does. Yeah. Congratulations. You're hired. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the Chiefs finally gave the feature back role to Isaiah Pacheco. You know, it's about damn time. In week 10, Pacheco had 16 carries and 73% of the rushing attempts. Pac-Man, can we give him that name? Is it close enough? He needs a nickname. Mm. We'll keep workshopping it. He showed burst in power with an average yards after contact of 3.69, one of the better marks in the league. He had a couple runs of, of 10 plus yards. I really liked what I saw, not only from him, but Jarek McKinnon. So last week, you and I sat here and said, we want to see the rotation in the running back room slim down to two, and we want the, you know, we want them to cut it out with the RPOs. And they pretty much did that. And lo and behold, it worked. It worked like gangbusters, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a tremendous display. Offensive line they were in the right spot. You know why? Less RPOs. Or at least if they were running a, an RPO, which I noticed once or twice, they handed it off. That way the offensive lineman, guess what? No no more illegal man downfield. It, it, it was refreshing to see they made a, a concerted effort to run the football. Uh, they focused on those two guys, like you mentioned. Isaiah Pacheco, they went back to him after he fumbled, reminiscent of Kareem Hunt on his first career carry fumble. Um, 
I'm interested to see what this means for Clyde's long-term outlook. We also saw the Chiefs put a claim in for Eno Benjamin today. They did not get Eno Benjamin, but putting a claim in for him tells me at least a little something. But uh-huh. I can't complain right here. Pacheco ran very angry. We saw what he can do in open field. Um, he puts his shoulder down. He's going to fight for the extra yards. I've been impressed. Frankly, I was not super enthused. I was not on the, uh, the same wavelength as a lot of Chiefs fans when they were going gangbusters about what he was doing in OTAs and training camp. I still don't know if he's this Kareem Hunt, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler hybrid that folks want to make him out to be. But he's a good running back. He's a useful player, and I like getting him involved. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon, we'll go back to him. He played seven of eight third downs in basically all two-minute uh, two drill situations. Mm-hmm. And he also put on a pass-blocking clinic. Do you see the block that Baldy pointed out where he, he starts on a blitzer and then he slides over and – successfully blocks Trayvon Walker, maybe the freakiest guy in a draft class we've seen since Miles Garrett. Mm. Number one overall pick. Got probably 100 pounds on him. Uh, just can't sing his praises enough. But I like this. It's a little predictable because I think Isaiah Pacheco has something like three catches on the season. So I don't love that it's kind of Pacheco in. The Chiefs are signaling that they're running. McKinnon in. They're probably passing. I don't, I don't love that, but if those are the best two guys for those jobs, you may have to make it work. Yeah, I, I think McKinnon is the better overall back. I do think he makes a lot of sense as a third down back because with Clyde, the whole thought process was, well, he can do it all. With, with, with Clyde, you're not giving anything away if it's a run or a pass. But the only issue was, at least this year, wasn't effective, effective in either role. Uh, he had four snaps from what I counted in this past game, two targets. I, I get it. Maybe it was on Mahomes, but you're not blaming the MVP. You're probably going to blame the third string running back at this point. So I like mm-hmm. what the Chiefs are doing in the run game. And, and, and frankly, I hope it continues. The problem with Clyde, you know how I call the Jarius Sneed our Swiss Army knife. Clyde is like a Swiss Army knife that's outdated or is is – the knife is dull or something like he does everything, but, but nothing. Well, he just doesn't do anything. Well, he's kind of small and slow. He's tough. He's got heart. He's smart, but he just is not, there's nothing he excels at. Yeah. And that's the problem. Let's get into hot take kingdom, hot take kingdom. Adam's going to give us a hot take and he's going to lay down the law for us. Give us some, some reasons why it's not a hot take and it should be a rational take. Let's see if I agree. Adam, what do you have this week? This week's hot take, hot take kingdom is Kadarius Tony is already the Chiefs number two wide receiver behind Juju Smith Schuster. Welcome to the kingdom. New little clip we threw in there. Let's dive in. So Tony's PFF grade yesterday, his first extensive action with the Chiefs, was 82.8. Yes, small sample size, but it shows the upside is tantalizing. That's like that's like prestigious playmaker right there. His yards per route run stat against the Jaguars was 3, 3.35. Uh, among receivers who saw at least five targets, that was fifth best in the league. 
he had five targets on 17 touches on 17 routes, excuse me, five targets on 17 routes. That's 29% targets per route run. This shows that Mahomes, he's already viewing him as a go-to weapon. He trusts him, and so does the coaching staff. He's quickly been thrust into significant action. And that's not always the case with new Chiefs receivers. Josh Gordon, they tried, but they decided he wasn't ready. Sky Moore, they still have the training wheels on him. So, and you hear the comments from Andy Reid about how quickly he's picking up this notoriously tricky offense and playbook. And I think because of the situation he found himself in New York, it would be quite easy to dismiss this guy as not intelligent. But it appears, at least from a football standpoint, the guy has the capability to pick things up quite uh, quite quickly. I also like that he was a quarterback up until he went to college. I think that is part of it. That, you know, that shows he has the aptitude for this, for scheme and, and just kind of figuring things out. Travis Kelsey, also, also a former quarterback. We like those guys that have that experience because I think it just gives them an innate understanding of the game that a lot of players never develop. I like that he can run reverses, sweeps, and screens. Uh, that was, uh, he had one play where he was just like toying with the defense and I gotta say it was borderline erotic with the spin move and the, no, and the, we're not doing these erotic things again, Adam, come on. I'll try not to go down that road. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, but what I like that McColl does not have in his toolbox is that contested catch when he went up and high pointed that ball. That's something McColl doesn't have. I don't think MVS has that. I don't think anybody in the roster has that. And I love how he adjusted his gloves. Is he Flash Gordon? How did he have time? How is he so fast that he had time to fiddle with his gloves and still go up and snatch that ball? Uh, I think his yak ability, he gives you some of what Juju does, just in a different fashion. So I'm saying a guy that does a little bit of what McColl can do, a little bit of what Juju can do, a little bit of what MVS can do. So the way I see him is he's the most well-rounded wideout on the roster. I also think he can do wildcat. Can have him throw a little bit on some trick plays. Weren't they trying to have him throw or do something like that against, against the Titans? I can't remember. If anyone in the comments section can remember that, let us know. But with McColl hobbled and Juju in concussion protocol, he's going to have to step up and his developmental timeline has been accelerated quite a bit. Uh, so it's showing that the team had a lot of foresight to get this guy, but you've heard that they also, they were very high on him in the 221, uh, 2021 draft class, right? They just didn't have the, they didn't have a first round pick. They had no way of going up and getting him. He was picked super early, like 20 or something like that. Uh, I want to signal out or single out the uh, 189 yard 10 reception game against the Cowboys. It was really, you hate to cherry pick one game, but his tenure in New York was such a disaster and they didn't show any damn clue of knowing how to use this guy. So the fact that we have seen him at least in one, in one game 
be a featured target earning wide receiver that made, you know, just dynamic plays happen all over the field. I think that tells us something. There are not many guys in the league that have put up 200 yards. Uh, and I, the Giants organization, Joe Judge and that coaching staff didn't know what the hell they were doing. It was just a disaster. And I don't blame Brian Dable for washing his hands. I, I, I trust them. Maybe Kadarius Tony did have a bad attitude and did want out. But when you have the Chiefs locker room with Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed, you can take a chance when you have this winning culture on a guy like Canarius Tony. You, you throw that ingredient in maybe one of the most tumultuous locker rooms in the league, and it's, it's a whole different story than throwing him into what we have here in Kansas City. But I think a lot of this simply comes down to the eye test. You watch Kadarius Tony play. He moves like very few dudes in the NFL move. Uh, you know, just – the way he jukes that the whole glove thing I go back to, uh, I just think if you lose a Tyree kill who is kind of a one of one, I'm not saying Kadarius Tony is Tyree kill, but he can do some of the things that Tyree kill could do in a way. McCall Hardman cannot. And there just isn't this many guys in the entire league who have a Tyreek light, uh, a great value Tyree kill skill set. I think he's one of the few that do. And also, I'm here in Alabama now. He's an Alabama boy, so so you know, we have we have to we have to stick together, but I've I've rambled long enough. Uh Sterling, you heard my case. Should we lower the castle gates or should we keep them up for you? Well, let me start with a little bit of I don't want to say a rebuttal, but I think some good points to at least uh look at. It's tiny sample size. And you're saying he's already number two, not saying he's going to be number two. He is right now the most athletic wide receiver, maybe the second best route runner behind Juju. He might be more consistent than MVS just based on, on the amount of looks he's getting. I think he's already better than McCall Hardman. He's better than Justin Watson and Sky Moore. So that leaves MVS. That's what it leaves. MVS is an inconsistent player, but he's on pace for about 800 yards this season. MVS is boom or bust. Kadarius Tony, I think we're going to see a little bit more consistency from. Uh, I think a couple of questions really bring up uh, some good points right here. I think it's Latrell. Uh, we'll have to be, or no, he goes, I wonder if Tony will be as good when Juju is not there to take some of the defensive focus off. So if Juju misses this week, this is going to be a real big test for Tony. Snap count should, should skyrocket. Sky Moore, he's still raw. It's going to take some time. I'm very intrigued to see this week. If you ask me this in one more week, I would lock it in. I think I'm still leaning towards Kadarius Tony being wide receiver number two, just based on what he can do and what I don't think MVS can. But MVS does add value to this team, and I think he's been slightly hated on by some Chiefs fans for not a great reason. MVS isn't targeted a lot, but it doesn't mean he's not open a lot. He's a deep threat. That catch he made late in the game was massive. 
I think Kadarius Tony. I'm going to go with you and say he's wide receiver too, but I think him and MVS are basically interchangeable. Hmm. They're different. They're different roles, but I'm saying as far as – In terms of value. In terms of value, yes. Yeah, that catch that MVS had, the a guy draped all over him and he gets the knee down, hang that in the Louvre. It's one of the best catches I've ever seen a, a Chiefs receiver come down with, uh, especially this season. Well, I, this was pretty easy. Are we amending it and saying he will be a co-number two? That's tough. I, I, yeah, I, it's easy. I don't really <laughs> – I don't really like – you know, that's not hot take. That's kind of like Luke mild Moore, take kingdom. Yeah, I'm like easing in the hot tub right now. I'm just easing in, okay? You give me a few beers. You give me, you give me like four dunkles. I'm about to tell you why Kadarius Tony is going to be wide receiver one. Come on now. Yeah, jumping into that 104 degree temperature in the winter, it, it's it's a big, you know, it's it hits you. It hits you hard. Um, but yeah, I'll go in. You know what, Adam? I want to agree with you. I hear this barbecue in the hot take kingdom, so I'm all in. Kadarius Tony, is. wide receiver too. This week we have Q39. We keep at, we keep adding different things. We rotate, you know, the buffet in there. I like Gary H. Looks like the Giants gave the Chiefs an early Christmas present. Uh, also want to give a huge shout out to Clint McKenzie for the super chat. I see uh, the guys got you with what song the intro is, but I very much appreciate you for the super chat. Uh, let's get into it. We agree. Is there going to be a poll? I think there's going to be a poll. Yeah. Okay. Mike Regardless, said there's going to be a poll. Agree Regardless. It's good to see that Kandarius didn't wash out of the league and waste his talents. Uh, I hate when that happens, when someone has almost unlimited ability and they just can't, they just can't get themselves together. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that he's turned a corner and found a new home here in Kansas City. Whether you like it or not, you have a gift. And that gift brings light and joy to an increasingly dark and broken world. Have you seen that? You probably haven't. The unbearable weight of massive talent. It's this very meta, weird Nick Cage movie where it just celebrates how bizarre Nick Cage and his career have been. No, and, I don't. And kind of satires action movies. It's it's a it's a wild ride. A lot of fun. When I when I hear someone say meta, I'm basically I'm out. I'm out, man. I'm like that's just too too much for me. Over too much of dome. a head trip. I mean, yeah, that, that's tell- that's kind of my lane, you know. Uh, two questions I want to get, on, uh, get to very, very quickly before we go on because I've seen a couple. Uh, future Trunks want to say, I agree with you. MVS gets shit on too much. He's very valuable. Look at Tyreek's deep targets last year. MVS grants players like Tony and Hardman the option to make plays underneath. And that's what I was getting to when I was alluding to MVS and what he does and why the inconsistencies um, arise. It's Again, he has a role. I think he fits the role well. You're just not going to see eye-popping numbers every single week. He's going to end up with about 800 yards this year. By far his best season as a NFL wide receiver. I think he does get shit on too much, but I do think his skill set is fairly limited. Although he does bring something to the table. He's a valuable asset. And I keep seeing Sky Moore. I've seen it from a few people, but I see this one right here. Christian Roth. Sky Moore bust or just work in progress? It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. I'm, I am not worried about Sky Moore. Mahomes is leading the NFL in touchdowns and yards passing. If your issue is you think Sky Moore needs, I'm not saying you're saying this, but if you're saying Sky Moore needs more targets, priorities are not in order. 
Sky Moore is a future issue, not a right now issue. He was brought in behind Kelsey, behind Juju, behind MVS. He was brought in behind McCole Hardman. If you want to say Justin Watson or Kadarius Tony getting more snaps and more run above him is concerning, that's fine. But frankly, I don't care. He's a rookie from a small school. He's going to be um, be patient. Sky Moore baby, will be okay. Baby steps, right? I think because we were all so excited and so worried about what would happen after Tyreek Hill that we put maybe too much faith in him and got ahead of our skis. We just need to slow down. He went to a small school. He actually hasn't been playing wide receiver for that terribly long. I still think he's got a bright future ahead of him. It's just probably not going to be this year. I think we see Jamar Chase. We see Justin Jefferson. We see even to a smaller extent, guys like Alec Pierce, they have uh, a success early on. Then you also, to me, have to look at the, the team, the, the playing time, what's going on overall. Like Alec Pierce is getting a lot of run with the Colts. You know why? It's Michael Pittman and him. That's it. Sky Moore has a lot more guys. Oh, man, in front this, of this Paris Campbell slander will not be tolerated, man. He's, got, he's, he's <laughs> okay. coming on a little bit. All right. Uh, no, hey, Patrick, I, Patrick I, Allen's I, an Ohio State guy. You know, I can, I can see him. Uh, I'm just saying calm down on Sky. Sky's going to be okay. Adam, take us into this next fun segment that you created. So I'm sure you have a leg up on the competition with. I didn't even really prep. I wanted to be on equal footing with you. What we are doing is a mid-season Chiefs-only draft. So me and Sterling, both of us, are going to pick 10 players in alternating fashion based on who we think at this point are the most valuable chiefs. Not, not like who's been the best over the first half. Cause that's a little unfair to guys like McDuffie that have been banged up. But like right now in this moment, who do you think are the most valuable players to this team? And we're going to try to do this rapid fire. So 60, uh, 60 seconds max. And nobody gets to pick Patrick Mahomes. That's kind of the wrinkle we threw in there because you guys at the end of this are going to pick which team is better. And if one of our teams has Patrick Mahomes, it's already over. So since I came up with this and I don't want to have a leg up Sterling, I'm going to let you kick it off with the number one pick. Well, time out. Can I defer? Is it going to be one, two, two, one? Like, are, do, you, uh, do you want to snake it? I was just going to alternate, but if you think snaking it is, is no, uh, I'll get confused. If we snake it, I'm going to get yeah. so confused. Let's alternate. Uh, you're a sweetheart for letting me go first, Adam. I appreciate that. But this probably means you have some master plan. I mean, look at look at that. Look at where you're doing it from. That screams, I have a master plan, and I'm going to screw Sterling over. If I had a handlebar mustache, it would it would work a little bit better. But Well, my first pick, I'm going Chris Jones. Uh, I think he has a very good case for defensive player of the year. He has been the de facto leader defensively he's I think been the reason the Chiefs defense has turned around the defensive line is starting to get after it he has been the most impactful Kansas City player outside of Mahomes give me Chris Jones I didn't think you'd do that I was trying to do some reverse psychology yeah I know what you're doing but I know what you're doing there with the top two picks it's obvious you can't go wrong so naturally I have to go with number 87 You've got to fight for your right to party. He does every single Sunday or whenever the Chiefs play. He has been, I, I think, beyond Mahomes, 
you have to kind of say if Chris Jones is 1A, he's 1B. Those are the three guys that this team cannot lose health-wise. We have to have those dudes. Those are the guys that make this team, that elevates this team above the rest of the crowd, in, in my opinion. So I'm going, I'm going, Kelsey, you're up. Uh, quickly, Clint had a very funny comment that went over my head, and now I'm seeing it. Beautiful unintended shade by Adam. He quotes, I didn't even prep. I wanted to be on equal footing with you, end quote. And what's that about, huh, Adam? Throw some subtle shade in there, you know? Yeah, seriously, okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, we're we're competing against each other now. After this is over, we'll be friends again. But right now, it's kind of cutthroat. Um, I am going to go with my second pick between two guys. I'm going to stay defensively with Legereus Sneed. Oh, that hurts so bad. Yeah, I'm staying defensive with Legereus Sneed. He, he's so versatile, what he can do. Uh, sure tackler, and I think he's the second best defensive player on Kansas City. At least second most impactful player. So I'm going with Legereus Sneed. Okay. I'm going to go with Joe Tooney. I just think he is Mr. Rock Solid. So consistent, so dependable. We kind of take him for granted. So it's an easy pick for me. It was telling that the Chiefs went right out last season and signed him, that they wanted him that badly. The fact that he can, in a pinch, slide over and play left tackle, just an amazing player. I never hear people complain about him. We, We hardly... How many times have we even mentioned his name here? He's sort of the unsung hero of this entire roster. So it's a pretty easy pick for me at the the fourth overall pick. Uh, I'm going, I'm glad you didn't take him because I got to go get some offense. Got to get some offense here. I'm going Juju. Juju on pace for nearly over, over 1,200 yards. It was for 1,300 before the injury in last game. Uh, the concussion, obviously, we, we have to see how that plays out. But Juju is wide receiver one on this team. His connection with Mahomes has only grown. He's doing a phenomenal job learning, I think, from Travis Kelsey, finding the soft spots in zone. He's not the most athletic guy out there. Doesn't matter. He finds ways to get open. Good hands, sure hands. Him and Mahomes on the same page. Give me Juju. Okay. I'm going to go with a fan favorite here. A local hero, leader of the defense, Nick Bolton. Mm. I like how he mixes in, you know, he's the leader of my defensive unit as my first defensive pick, but also it's a bit of pandering since he went to Mizzou and he's such a a fan favorite. I'm uh, playing to the crowd a little bit, you know? Look at that hat above me. I'm the Mizzou guy, okay? Hey, I'm the I, Mizzou guy. I went to Mizzou too. So. I, am, I am shocked you picked Nick Bolton. That hurts me. I know the audience. I have a Nick Bolton jersey. I call it a rookie year jersey. Does he change hey, his I have number? A, I have a Legereus Steed jersey, so that's payback. <laughs> All right, I'm going with my offense alignment now. I'm going with Creed Humphrey because you know why? Creed is good. Look at the PFF numbers. He's top 10 for all offense alignment based on their metrics. Say what you will about PFF. I think they do a fine job outside of grading Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes just breaks their system. They're, they're, they're mind short circuit. They can't figure out what's going on because no man should be able to do what Mahomes does. So give me Creed Humphrey because you know why? Once again, Creed is good. Okay, Gordon Gecko. Uh, hmm. 
I'm projecting a bit here based on a limited sample size and his college track record. But I think Trent McDuffie mm. is going to be one of the most valuable pieces down the stretch and into the playoffs. Hopefully he continues to show us McDuffie Island as a lockdown corner. Trent McDuffie is my fourth pick. Uh, and I'm pretty happy about it. I think he's a hell of a player. Yeah, that was my next pick. I actually have a list I'm going down right now. A little little check, checked off list right here. Uh, McDuffie was my next pick. So, thanks. It's just like fantasy football. When your boy gets the guy that you wanted right before you, not happy about it. It stings. Uh, I'm going to go with Willie Gay Jr. I'm going to get my lamp linebacker with Willie Gay Jr. What he's done, the Batman and Robin, the Nick Bolton, Willie Gay show, right? Mm-hmm. I've been very much thrilled for a guy who's been injured in college, slightly injured in, in, in the pros, four-game suspension this year. What, what does he do last game? Maybe the best game of his career. I mean, like, Willie Gay Jr. is just such a talented player. If he can play and stay in the lineup for an extended period of time, watch out because him and Nick Bolton, again, Batman and Robin. I love him. I think he has that rare Devin White-like athletic ability that very few linebackers in the league have. If you can just point him in the right direction, keep his head on straight, on and off the field, he's just a the, – the upside is unlimited. Now, this is ooh, this is where it gets really tough. I'm going to go with Trey Smith. I'm going to really lock down the offensive line here. Wow. That's shocking. I don't know if it's shocking. He's it been. That, that's a, you know you call that? It's a reach. I don't think that, that's, that's a, a reach. I don't think that's a reach. He's, he's, he's not played well this year. He I played, love Trey Smith. He played terrific last week. He's been injured the majority of the he, season. He's probably our best, our best pulling guard. And I, I like his mean streak. I like his swag. I like the cowboy hat. You know, I have an affinity for the for the cowboy hat. And I like the way he finishes plays. He throws guys out of the club. He's got that that mean streak that I think he's going to really bring to my roster. I love Trey Smith. I think he's a really good, really good guard. He, he's had a little bit of a sophomore slump, but I base that the majority on the injury. He's a very important player going forward. Uh, but you picking two guards, shocking, shocking, Adam. Strength uh, of our the strength of our offense outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. I'm gonna go. Oh, this is tough. I'm doing it. I'm going wild card with Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony's my next pick. I think for the rest of the season, what he's gonna bring to the table. It's going to make this Chiefs offense astronomically better. He's already better than McCall Hardman. And if Juju, MVS, McCall are to miss any games, Kadarius Tony is the de facto guy. He's the next man up. He's learning the playbook quickly. We see how quickly Mahomes is looking for Kadarius Tony. He had, what, like 17 snaps and it was five targets? Wait till he plays 40 or 50 snaps. I mean, yeah, 50% snap rate, I think, is what I read, even with Juju getting hurt. I mean, he's going to just all of a sudden, I, I think he's going to have some massive games as the season goes on. So give me Tony. I'm going to come back with another rookie. I'm going to go George Karloftis. 
and hope that what we have seen from him is just a small taste of the way he's going to blossom and perform during the second half of the season and, and into the uh, chief Super Bowl run. All the tools are there. Everything we've heard about him, he's one of the hardest workers, just a, a kind of hard hat kind of guy, earnest kid. I'm a big fan. I think I, he, he's kind, he kind of embodies the spirit of Tamba Ali mm-hmm. and a kind of lunch pail, crazy motor kind of player. I, I know they're not exactly the same, but, but I, you got to love a guy like that. They're both, they both have the foreign ties. So I'm going with uh, number 56. Uh, Furious George, maybe. I like it. I like the comp with Tamba, by the way, too. I think that's a it's a pretty pretty solid one right there. Uh, I'm between two guys right now. Um, I'm gonna go with Colin Saunders, and I think what he's done recently is not a fluke. I think we're gonna start seeing him uh, a lot more over Derek Naughty. Uh, I know Saunders is not as good in the run game stopping the run as Derek Naughty is, but his ability to get after the quarterback has been extremely impressive for a man that size. I mean, he's a human sphere chasing after a guy with that speed. That's terrifying if you're a quarterback. Him alongside Chris Jones, if he plays like this, this is going to give Chris Jones more one-on-one opportunities. I really think we're going to see Colin Saunders and look back as this being his jumping, jumping off point. Give me Saunders. Interesting. That might be... You call my Trey Smith pick a reach. Maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little. Uh, hmm. It's getting real tough here, but I'm going to go with Orlando Brown Jr. And hope that from watching him closely these past three weeks, I think he's been a little better. Is he healthier? Is his mind finally right? Did him missing a lot of the offseason and kind of just getting bogged down by that contract uh, sort of fog up his head? And now he's a little bit more clear. I don't know, but I thought last year down the stretch, he was really good. And I'm hoping that he, we haven't seen the best of Orlando Brown Jr. this season. And he steps up and he's a really rock solid left tackle for us. That's a good pick. And I know some people might be like, oh, Orlando Brown Jr. is horrible. He's been average in the last three games. He's been really good. The last couple games, he's been really good. I got to give credit mm-hmm. where credit's due, right? Yeah. Got to give the man credit because he has stepped up. You didn't hear a peep about him after last game. And folks are always trying to throw shade at him. Uh, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And I see you guys. I see you guys talking about no one's picked the safeties yet. Give me Justin Reed, okay? Justin Reed has been... Not what Tyron Matthew was the first two years in Kansas City. If you were expecting that, that's on you. Tyron Matthew, his first two years in Kansas City, might go down as the best free agent signing in Kansas City Chiefs history. That third year, though, we saw some business decisions. If you see what Tyron's doing in New Orleans right now, those decisions are still businesslike. Justin Reed, while he has missed some tackles, he's going to give it his all. That man is going to try his hardest to bring you down. He might miss, but he's done a fine job. If you're wanting more, I understand that. The signing and the amount of money that was given to Justin Reed was, frankly, a lot. He's not been a bad safety. He's been above average. 
he's not giving up big plays. I think he's versatile. I like Justin Reed. The numbers aren't going to be eye-popping, but I think what he's done has been an above-average safety, and that's what the Chiefs need. I like the pick. Remember, he was sort of entrenched in this disaster down in Houston. Maybe the most talent-bereft roster in the league is just – you can't expect him to fully develop in an environment like that. So I expect him to continue to come along. Smart kid, went to Stanford. Huh. I'm filibustering a little bit. I, I have to admit, I'm filibustering because I don't know who I'm going to pick. Mm. I'm going to kind of do what you did with Kadarius Tony and gamble on athletic upside with Isaiah Pacheco, hoping that he becomes the Chiefs' first feature back since Kareem Hunt, and perhaps they even start working him into integrating him into the passing game. I'd like to see that. I don't know if he can do it, but I'm projecting that he that he can do more than he's done so far. I like that. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity than any of the other running backs. He's going to get the most snap share, at least the most opportunities to run the football. So I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Joshua Williams. Joshua Williams. Okay. If you're in the fantasy football league with the Arrowhead Addicts, uh, my team name is the Joshua Williams Fan Club. I was very excited when the Chiefs drafted him. I liked his size. I thought he was going to take a little bit longer to develop, but I think some of the tools were there that, that would make him a very solid corner. Not going to be a top-end guy. I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets seven interceptions in a season, but I also don't think he's going to be like Trayvon Diggs getting burnt that often in a season. I like the fact that he's willing to tackle. I think he's already jumped Jalen Watson, in my opinion, on the depth chart. I think Watson got the first opportunity. Watson had that amazing play against the Chargers, so we're all you know thrilled with Watson. But if you've noticed, Watson has somewhat shown his – with a rookie ability, right? He's had a little bit of mistakes. I think Joshua Williams has grown a little bit more since that uh, since that game. I'm going with Joshua Williams here. Yeah. His athletic skill set is just sort of tantalizing. He's got all the tools to be the Chiefs sort of – well, hopefully we have two lockdown corners. That would be fantastic, right? Yeah. Oh, man, this is where it gets tricky. It gets real tricky. But I'm going to go with McCole Hardman. He gets a bad rap in Kansas City. I myself have been tough on him, but I don't think there are a lot of players who can do what he does. Really good on those. If you call him a gadget player, maybe that's what he is, but he is the he is a premium gadget player. And he showcased that in the last couple of games he was active, particularly that San Francisco game, San Francisco game where he got the hat trick. One of his better one of his better performances since he's been with the Chiefs, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so as well. Um, Hardman's been on the up and up before the injury, but I do think the addition of Kadarius Tony is going to cut into his playing time. They both do similar things, and I think Kadarius Tony, frankly, does it better. Uh, my final pick, Jarek McKinnon. All right. Going with McKinnon, the third down back. I think the best overall back, and maybe as the season goes on, if there's a close game and they need to get a need to get a dub, you might see more run from McKinnon. I think they're saving him for the playoffs a little bit like they did last year. Yeah, they trust him. This is hard. I'm going to let you guys all into my thinking. 
I'm looking at Carlos Dunlap and I'm looking at MVS. I think that Carlos Dunlap has been such an impact performer in the past. And given his age, they're sort of managing his snaps. And so for that reason, you're going with James Winchester. Hey, he's been a rock, man. I, he's I been great, th- man. <laughs> I didn't think, actually, I didn't think about Harrison Butker. That's interesting. Butker? Tommy Townsend, who's actually been really good this year. I'll, I'll give you, uh, you know what? credit. You just gave me an idea. You may not have wanted to do that. We are hard on Butker, but he is a top three, top five at worst kicker in the NFL. My team may may have use for a kicker in tight situations. So I'm going to flip-flop here, thanks to your suggestion. You know, bad, bad chess move there. And uh, Chris go- Lamont is available, too, if you want him. Who? Chris Lamont, Deion Bush. They're still out there. Juan Thornhill still available. Marcus Kemp. Mark, hey, I like Marcus Kemp. He's Played fun. basketball with him. No, I, I'm going to go. Player. I'm going Harrison, Harrison Butker. I changed my mind. <laughs> so wishy-washy. God. You? Not I, feel like I, I feel like I crushed you, man. I'm not going to lie. Well, we will see what, what the, you know, the comment section th- thinks. I mean, Travis Kelsey, how can you crush a team with the best tight end of all time? Because Chris Jones exists. He does exist. But he's not the best <laughs> player at his position of all time. Hey, I'm just saying 10 to 10. I'm liking what I'm what I'm working with right here. Comments let us know. This is going to be put out in a poll later on. Um, make this a tweet, Adam. I trust you, all right? I trust you to make this into a tweet. I'll grab that right there and Boom. put it out. And we'll see what people think. Okay. You want to get into the uh, rip through the Casey stock market real quick? Let's do it. A little pump or dump? Pump or dump. Let's go. Legereus Sneed has trouble covering elite slot receivers. Pump or dump? I'm going to show some faith in my guy and say dump because Christian Kirk was kind of on one, had a great game against him last Sunday. I don't know that Legereus Sneed was 100% right. He popped on the injury report late in the week. And I'm just going to hope that it's a combination of the chiefs putting a lot on his plate in terms of putting him on on an Island with those talented slot receivers and maybe him not completely being hundred percent. Yeah. I'm going to go dump as well. I, I, Legereus Sneed has been extremely solid throughout his entire career. I'm with you. Christian Kirk was on one, um, I'm not worried about Legereus Need going forward, no matter who he's facing. Uh, by the way, Allen goes, hate to side with Sterling, but he wins. Allen, I hate siding with myself a lot of the time, but I appreciate you, Allen. Thank you. Uh, BL says, looking at both of your draft teams, I'm just happy we have so many talented players. That's a very good point. I mean, yeah. not many teams can go through 20 players and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's an impact player. He still makes a difference. Chiefs can. I didn't even have a list, honestly. I was just going off the top of my head, and there were still some decisions to be made at the end. Pretty complete team there. Let's move on to the next one. Chris Jones will be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Pump or dump? I'm going to pump this one. 
I, I think Chris Jones, if he keeps this up and there's no re- reason that he's not going to, I think he will be defensive player of the year. Uh, he's been better than Aaron Donald. I think he's been more impactful than Micah Parsons. Um, he has been the total package. I hope he gets a couple more sacks because I think that's what's potentially holding him back, the counting numbers, if you will. But if you look at some of the analytical numbers, which, again, I don't think he's going to win based on analytical numbers, they've been incredible. The amount he wins, and I do think that the emergence of Colin Saunders, hopefully George Karloff continues to progress, Carlos Dunlap, all these guys, if they show up and get five sacks, then the national media will start recognizing this defensive line. And then that and then what that means, that's Chris Jones. Give me Chris Jones. It breaks my damn heart, but I'm going to dump. The national media, people are just weird with Chris Jones. He is such a nice guy. I don't understand the penalties. I don't understand the hate. I don't understand the lack of national love. And I also think if Mahomes is going to win the MVP and he's now the front runner, it's very hard to give one team, not impossible, but one team, both the MVP and the defensive player of the year award. I will say that Micah Parsons doesn't look like himself. He's a little banged up. So maybe that gives Chris Jones the inside track. I can't really think of, is Darius Smith is having a great year in Minnesota and they've kind of transformed from a disappointing team to uh, an eight and one team. They have as good of a record as any team in the league. So you could look at someone like that. They're, they're certainly not going to give it to give an award to Kirk cousins, although they could give offensive player of the year to, to Justin Jefferson. I'm struggling to come up with other names. So hopefully we can chiefs kingdom this is an assignment for you guys. We have to manufacture a defensive player of the year campaign for our guy, Chris Jones. He deserves the love. He does not get it. We have to change that. You could also say Darius Slay, potentially Darius Slay for, for the Eagles at corner has been incredible. He had a rough night on Monday though. Sure. He did. That's his first rough night. Scary Terry got off a little bit. <laughs> the whole Washington team got off. What, whatever was going on, it was working for the Washington Commanders. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, next question is about Prince Tego Inogo. Here's a little something to honor his breakthrough performance. Any excuse ever to throw some Prince in. You, you can never, ever go wrong. Best Super Bowl show, halftime show of all time. Agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. The rain just, oh, it was, it, it was perfect. Also, I think Little Red Corvette would be a hilarious nickname for him, considering he's an offensive lineman. So he's not little, and he's not fast. But he is red. He's wearing, he's but rocking he is the red. red. That's he the is important red. thing. I mean, he played for Minnesota. Purple Rain would be very fitting. And he's not born in 1999, so that kind of hurts. And then a lot of other Prince songs, I just don't want to go there. Let's little go crazy, rock. you know? No, Let's Go Crazy is great. One of my favorite songs. But I'm talking some uh, of the uh, other Prince songs, a little on the um, inappropriate side. Uh, its but initials now- <laughs> are PC, but it's not PC. Is that uh, what we're saying? Prince Tega Lenogo should take over for Andrew Wiley at right tackle, pump or dump. What the hell? I'm saying pump. We've seen enough of Andrew Wiley. Let's see if this kid can, can hold up. I've given up on Lucas Niang. I'm to the point where if he gets healthy, I'm rooting for the kid. If he gets healthy and comes in and takes the job at some point, more power to him. But I don't think we can depend on that. 
He's just not shown himself to be reliable from a health standpoint. So he looked good. I think he allowed maybe a pressure or two, but nothing unreasonable over there when he got just got thrown into action unexpectedly. And, And trial by fire is sometimes the best way to learn what a player has. That's how the national media and all of us fans got so impressed by Justin Herbert, right? Tyrod Taylor gets that shot, can't play. They go up to uh, Justin Herbert and they're like, hey, dude, 10 minutes from now, you're playing against Patrick fucking Mahomes. And he just goes out there and wings it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, PTW is, is Justin Herbert, but I'm saying trial by fire is sometimes the best way to learn about someone's metal. And let's just, let's just go back to him. I'm going to pump, but I think it's going to be a, a, a quick pump. As in, if he does not Crazy. perform, <laughs> if he does not perform well, you go back to Andrew Wiley. But I think for this game, it's a good one to go to, uh, go up against. Uh, Wink brings up a good point. Wait till Mac and him goes up and faces him. Right, like that's going to be a good test. I'm hopeful to see what he can do, but you can have a short leash. Let Wiley have a week off to rest his elbow. Let him get 100 healthy, and if Prince Tagawanoga struggles. Wiley, you're back in. But if Prince Tegawanoga runs with it, now you're looking at a future right tackle. There wasn't a drop-off in that game. Yes, they gave him a lot of help. Uh, Talked to Daniel Harms yesterday, actually, on this podcast, and he was like, they were doing a lot of things to help Prince Tegawanoga. They might not do it with Andrew Wiley, so maybe you you, you think and come out of that game saying, wow, uh, you know, Prince looked better than Wiley. Well, they were also helping him a lot more than they typically help Andrew Wiley. So that's something to consider. But I think it's time to at least give him an opportunity. Sure. Let's give him a chance because I think he could be the future right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a great point, though. The Chiefs really like to get five players, skill players, out on routes. And if playing him over Wiley prevents that, that's, that's a bit of an issue. Let's move into the last one. Leo Chanel will be an important contributor down the stretch for the Chiefs. Pump or dump, Sterling? Uh, I'm going to dump. I don't think he's going to be an important uh, contributor. He did well in the first half of this last game, but I think what we've seen is he's very one-dimensional right now, and that's going to be difficult for him to play a ton. Um, Bolton and Willie Gay Jr., those are the two linebackers. The Chiefs a lot of times have either three safeties or three corners. There's not a lot of play for Leo Chanel this season. Uh, I'm a little surprised they've not used him at edge at all. I thought they potentially might use him there in some packages to get after the quarterback. We've not seen that. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Leo Chanel. He was a project when they drafted him. They drafted him on the tantalizing potential, the athleticism that was just unheard of in the combine. Um I think he'll show some moments, but I don't think he's necessarily an important contributor. I'm going to pump because I saw just a hint of that inside blitzing potential. And he looked, he looked like a madman dashing through that line. So I'm going to pump him. It's a little pump as souped up Ben Neiman. Coming in, coming in on those blitzes. Hey, Ben Neiman was pretty was pretty good coming in on those blitzes. I'm not saying he had he had much use outside of that, but if we can replace him in that role with someone better with room to grow, I'm all for that. I'm all for that, right? He's got he's, 
That was the most backhanded compliment. Ben Neiman going to be a major contributor down the stretch for Kansas City, according to Adam Best. Print it. That souped up, you know. I, I, I don't know. Supercharged. I mean, superhuman. That that's going a little far, but he is, he is like a 99th percentile athlete, and I, I know Spags. He's got some stuff up his sleeve that I don't think he's shown yet using this kid as a blitzer. I think he's going to be an important blitzer just in, in, in spots. The spot, the fake, is it Ben Neiman or is it Leo Chanel? That's going to be the next spot, the fake we're doing, huh? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the kid's not a fake. Hopefully he's, he's the real deal, but let's get into spot, the fake. What do you got this time? So everybody knows about Batman's illustrious rogues gallery of villains, right? The Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, Bane, but there are many, many less famous ones. Which of the following is not a villain from the Batman franchise? Condiment King? King Tut? Lady Lavender? Or Crazy Quilt? Dude, if it's Condiment King, they were lazy as shit. Was a dude just walking by with ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise bottles, just smacking them on people? You go up to a businessman with a, some fucking hot sauce and squirt him with some Louisiana hot sauce and get on his suit? Aha, I've got you. I'm the Condiment King. You can't leave out the barbecue. This is Kansas City, man. Uh, dude, I'm He's got the hot. gates, just throwing the gates dude, on people? No fucking way Condiment King is in this. <laughs> It. Condiment King is a Batman villain. He was introduced in uh, Batman, the animated series. The voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, just died. R.I.P. He was great at it. Anyway, enough nerding out. What's your next guess? Dude, King Tut was a, a mummy. I'm going King Tut. It, they have him. There's no chance. Yes, they have no King Tut. King Tut and Co- what? Tutankhamen was out here roaming the, the Batman streets. Gotham. I know that shit. Yeah. You've got a 50% chance. That- They're getting lazy here. They're crazy quilt. Okay, is this some 87-year-old grandma with the freaking knitting needles? The crocheting, stab- right? She's crocheting, trying to stab me with those bad boys. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going crazy quilt. Eh, Dude, I it's, it's lady it's lady lavender. Anyway, uh this week's newsletter will use Batman villains to power rank the NFL teams and it's a lot of fun. Uh here's a clip to get you guys in the mood. Penguin, Crazy Quilt, Eraser, Polka Dot Man, Mine, Tarantula, King Tut, Orca, Killer Moth, March Harriet, Zodiac Master, Gentleman Ghost, Clock King, Calendar Man, Kite Man, Cat Man, Zebra Man, and the Condiment King. Okay, are you making some of those up? Nope, they're all real. <laughs> he literally did. You called it. He squirted the mustard in the ketchup. God, why am I not in Hollywood making up these things. I could totally come up with condiment King. Gosh. Yeah. I like BL condiment King is okay, but lady Lavender's not, not real. It's too far. Could lady Lavender at least seems like a legitimate thing. That, that was the trick this week is I made, I made the, the fake seem like the, the most realistic one. Dislike. You're too good at this. 
that you're too bad. But it, it's unfair. It's like picking I'm on. Wearing a, I'm wearing a freaking Animal House. There you go. Shirt. I I'm sure. Batman hey, I'm sure there's something like I know nothing about country music. So if you did this every week with country music or something that I know very little about, I would get slaughtered too. But it, it's fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. That is all we have for this week. Uh, hope you guys liked our special draft edition. Until next Wacky Wednesday, I'm Adam. That's Sterling. Go Chiefs! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.